Welcome to The Essential Rhythm, science-based natural history and human ecology of the North Atlantic seashore. This is episode 78, Bones on the Outside. I would hazard a guess that you don't spend much time each day thinking about your bones. Unless you've got a broken one or you're worried about how dense they are, you probably don't get out of bed and think about the bones inside your arms and legs that hold you up. In that way, we are similar to clams and periwinkles. I don't know for sure, but I would guess they don't spend much or any time at all thinking about their bones either. And yes, I use the term bone here broadly. Really, I mean skeletal element. We have bones on the inside, an endoskeleton. Animals like clams and periwinkles, categorized in the group or phylum called mollusca, have their skeletal elements on the outside. And while the bones of vertebrates and the shells of mollusks seem pretty different, they're actually quite similar. The biggest similarity they share is what they're made of. When you were young, you were probably encouraged to drink milk, in large part because of the calcium it contains. And that's because our bones are made in large part from calcium, in the form of a calcium and phosphate mineral called hydroxyapatite. The mineral is deposited in a matrix of protein called collagen. The collagen creates a framework and the mineral fills in the spaces, forming the hardness of bone. Clams and periwinkles and all the other shell-bearing mollusks make their shells out of calcium too. They use a mineral called calcium carbonate, which comes in two different forms, calcite and aragonite. Chalk, limestone, and even marble are all forms of calcium carbonate you may have encountered. And just like us, they excrete the mineral component of their shell into a protein matrix or framework that holds the hard mineral elements in place. Mollusk shells are actually multi-layered. The outermost layer is called the periostracum, and it's just a proteinaceous skin. No calcium carbonate is involved. If you've ever found a big old horse muscle shell and noticed a flaky brown skin on the outside, that's the periostracum. Next is a thicker, highly mineralized layer called the prismatic layer because of the form of the calcite minerals that are precipitated. This layer makes up the bulk of the shell. And lastly, on the inside surface of the shell is the nacreous layer, often a smooth and luminous pearly surface formed by aragonite secreted into laminar or sheet-like protein matrices. It turns out that the type and formation of the proteins determines the type of calcium carbonate mineral and the structure of the crystals that form. Our bones are largely created from special cells that secrete the proteins and minerals that bind to them. The shells of mollusks are created by a body structure called the mantle. We don't have anything analogous to the mantle in our bodies, so it may be a little difficult to picture. But if you imagine a clam or a mussel, there's a thin layer of tissue that lines the inside of the shell and encases the rest of the body of the animal. That tissue is the mantle. The same thing exists inside a snail shell. We just don't ever get to see it. Special cells in the mantle excrete fluid into the space between the mantle and the shell. Fluid concentrated with the calcium and carbonate and protein components needed to create new shell. And as the animal grows, the shell must be enlarged with it, meaning the mantle lays down a new layer of shell along the outer margins of the existing shell. In snails, this is along the opening where the head comes out. In clams and mussels, it's along the outer margins at the edge of the shell.
we get the calcium we need for our bones in the food we eat, hence the urging to drink all that milk. Mollusks absorb it from the seawater they're awash in, extracting both the calcium and the carbonate. It would be like us absorbing our vitamins from the air instead of having to eat them. The similarities between human and mollusk skeletal elements don't end there, and we'll explore more of these next week. This has been episode 78 of The Essential Rhythm, written and produced by me, Sarah O'Malley. The show is produced on Wabanaki land. Did you know you can find this show as a podcast? Go to weru.org to learn more. The theme music is Lightstream by the artist Siddhartha, used by permission through Creative Commons. Thanks for listening and join us next week.